This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. I'd like for you to take your Bibles today and turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6. And so this morning, I'm going to be speaking for these next few moments on this subject, the providence of God's love. And I'm going to be reading today from Matthew chapter 6, and beginning in verse number 25, I'm going to read down through verse number 32. They will get these scriptures on the screen, and I hope that you're at least read along if you're not following along in your Bibles, these beautiful scriptures. Beginning in verse number 25, the word says, therefore I say unto you, and by the way, if you have a red letter edition in your Bible, always know that the red letters are Jesus speaking. Always know that. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for the raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore? If God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. And so this morning we're speaking on the subject of the providence of God's love. If I were to ask the question this morning, how many of you here today have something that you are in dire need of. And I want you to think about that. I'm sure that everybody in the building would raise their hand. And you probably have a fixed list of things that you maybe perhaps keep in your mind all of the time. Something that you have or you consider yourself to be in dire need of. And you might say this, if I just had this or if I just had that, my life would be so much better off. But I want to remind you this morning in today's message, the providence of God's love, that there's a big difference between the things that you need 
and the things that you want. Sometimes, and this is the problem, we're not, we're not able to tell the difference because of the spiritual place that we are in our life. And I will tell you this, whenever we get to the place where we're not able to tell the difference between the things that we need and the things that we want, it will affect everything around us. And that's why we need to constantly pray this concerning the subject that we're talking about today. We need to constantly pray, Lord, if it be your will. I want you to think about that because if we become obsessed with things that we think we need, now keep this in mind, and if we become obsessed with things that we see that other people have, then you can easily become jealous, you can become greedy, you can become envious. And so the truth of the matter is this, all of us have needs and all of us have wants. That's not a question, that's, that's the reality. But when it comes to the providence of God, there are many things that we want or that we would like to do. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with praying for wants. If we can distinguish them and we can understand the difference, there's, there's nothing wrong with praying for wants, and I want to assure you that today. In fact, Psalms 37, verse 3 through 5 says this, Trust in the Lord and do good, and so shalt thou dwell in the land, and barely thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Listen to this. Commit thy ways unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Now, I want you to look at this part that says, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. There's nothing wrong with praying for once. If we understand the difference between the need and the want, and we have an improper perspective, I want you to think, but listen, there's no guarantee. There is no guarantee in the Word that we will have everything we want. Now, you have to keep that in mind. No guarantee in the Word that you will have everything you want. And that's very important on this subject that we're talking about today. But then there are some of us this morning that have real, genuine needs something that we're desperate for God to do. I mean, something that revolves around the comfort and the peace of our soul. Some of us today, listen carefully, for example, some of us have serious, real, physical needs. In fact, I would say that everybody in this auditorium today and watching on Internet, I believe everybody to some degree or another, because we do not live in perfected bodies. All of us have some type of physical need. Some of those physical needs are elevated in such a way where we even need divine intervention. Some of us today have financial needs. 
Some in here are watching by internet has marital needs, domestic needs, family needs. Perhaps you're dealing with a prodigal son. You're dealing with a rebellious daughter of some sort. But listen carefully. As Christian people, we need to understand the differences between the needs and the wants because if we confuse it, then we could very easily get mad at God when he doesn't seem to give us what we want. I want you to think about this. Needs and wants need to be very carefully put into perspective because needs and wants do not weigh the same on God's loving scale. It's amazing how many times people pray for things, I think, from an old, earthly, fleshly perspective. I mean, sometimes we're prone to pray out of the Spirit. Sometimes we're prone to pray out of the will of God. Sometimes we're prone to pray out of pure greediness and selfishness. Sometimes for just thrills and attractions and pleasures. And then when God doesn't take us to the amusement park, we get mad at him. But God, listen carefully. Here's the thing that I want you to get this morning. God has already said to us, that his providence, and this, is, this is something that I want to teach you today. If you're not really aware of his providence, the providence of God does not depend upon human lust. And there's a scripture for that. It's found in James chapter 4, verse number 3. And I want you to look at it as they get it on the screen. The word says this, you ask and receive not. Look at this very carefully. Because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. The providence of God is not like him taking us down spiritual roads in our life and deciding to pull us over somewhere to treat us to a spiritual happy meal. That's not what the providence of God is all about. That falls under the realm of God rewarding his children for faithfulness. But it has nothing to do with his providence. The providence of God simply means that God is our heavenly father, has promised to take care of all of our earthly needs. And I want you to get this because there are two things that go hand in hand in this process. Number one, concerning God's providence, Providence, two important things that go hand in hand with this, and that is this, God's promise and our faith. Those two things go hand in hand with the providence of God. God's promise, listen carefully listen, and, and hear this through, God's promise to providentially take care of us will keep him God. You say, what do you mean by that, preacher? Because, listen carefully, if God lied, then it would disqualify him from being God if he lied. Because his word says in Titus chapter 1, verse number 2, that it is impossible for God to lie. 
So God cannot lie. That keeps him God. If he ever lied, it would disqualify him. Are you with me? You get that? Now, listen carefully. So the promises of God are so dependent, but also our faith, our faith will keep us content in this difference between our wants and our needs. We can rest in the fact that whatever God does, listen carefully, Whatever God does, he knows what is best. I've said this for a thousand times, and let me say it again. Because he knows what's best for all of us. He loves us too much to do us wrong, and he's too wise to make a mistake. So keep that in perspective today. The main reason why the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 11, in whatsoever state I am in, therewith to be content. He said that because he knew he stood the because he had faith in the providence. He had God's promise to take care of him. And listen carefully, God's providence or his foresight is not like our providence or our foresight. So turn with me, if please, real quickly here to 1 Kings chapter 17. And I'm going to ask them to begin with verse number 8. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Most of you are familiar with the story. I want you to look very carefully now. So he arose and went to Zarephath. So when you hear about the widow woman in Zarephath, these, these things, these details in the story begin to come to your heart and mind. You're familiar with it. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the woman, the widow woman was, was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee. A little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. Now, when you get the details of this and you look at it very carefully, it will bless you tremendously. So follow along with me. Pay attention to the details here. 11 again. And as she was going to fetch it, he called her and said, Bring me. I pray thee a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake. Now look at this. Look at it very carefully. I pay, I pay very close attention to the smallest details in the word. I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first. 
and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord, look, look at it very carefully now. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat, look at this, did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord which he spake. Now, I, I, I want you to see this, and I want you to look very carefully here. Because the events of this story took place during the time of a serious famine. And the story shows how God's providence meets our needs through obedience. So God sent Elijah to the most unlikely place. Because, listen now, he, he sent him to a village of poor people. But God sent Elijah to a place, the most unlikely place, where God was going to meet his needs. But it came through obedience. God sent Elijah to poor people. He didn't send him to the Rockefellers of his day. Listen, God sent him to a poor little village to meet this poor, desperate widow. And so not only... Does, does the prophet need food? But this widow and her son needed food as well. I mean, it was a dire situation. So now in God's providence, listen carefully. In God's providence, he had already supplied. You might not think this to be very big, but listen very carefully. God had already supplied in her poverty. He had already supplied a little meal, a little flour, just a little bit. And he had already supplied a little oil. Now, on top of the little flour, on top of the little oil, he then sends... A compounded problem. He sends the prophet in who's also hungry. The widow's hungry, her son's hungry, and now God has sent the prophet in who's also hungry. So here's the thing. First, the very first thing, Elijah had to obey. He had to obey the Lord. The second thing is this. Then the widow had to obey. And as a result of their obedience... The providence of God met their need. Now, if you can connect the dots on that, I want you to see something else. I want you to turn with me to the book of Judges. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. I want you to look at this. In Judges chapter 15, and I want you to see this. Now they have got these scriptures on the screen. I want you to see Judges 15 and beginning 
in verse number 11. Here's the thing. I want you to see the great extremes that God will go through to meet our needs. Remember now, he's promised to meet our needs. He has not promised to meet our wants, although he will give us our desires from time to time. But our desires are not in his providence. His providence declares that he will meet our need. He will reward us with the desires of our heart from time to time because of faithfulness. But I want you to see this. In Judges chapter 15, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 11 in just a minute. And, and get this story now because it's, it's compacted with these little fine details that really in a wonderful bright way illustrates and highlights the providence of God. So let's read together, Judges 15, verse 11. Then 3,000 men of Judah went to the top of the rock, Etam, and said to Samson, Knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us? What is it that thou hast done unto us? And he said unto them, As they did unto me, so have I done unto them. And they said unto him, we are come down to bind thee that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said unto them, Swear unto me that ye will not fall upon me yourselves. And they spake unto him, saying, No, but we will bind thee fast and deliver thee into their hand, but surely we will not kill thee. And they bound him with two new cords and brought him up from the rock. And when he came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire, and his bands loosed from off his hands. And he found a new, look at this. This is where it really starts to develop, and you can see the providence of God. Look at this. And he found a new jawbone of an ass and put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men therewith. And Samson said, with the jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps with the jawbone of an ass have I slain a thousand men. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand and called that place now, I want you to see this because here we see that Israel was under the domination and the threat of the Philistines, and they were attacking Judah because of the things that Samson had done to them. So Judah, they send a convoy to Samson and ask him, listen, Samson, you need to give yourself up so the Philistines will let up with their oppression against us. So they begin to tie his hands, and they take him to the Philistines, now, when he gets to the Philistines, he breaks the ropes and he immediately begins to look for a weapon. Now, follow along with me just for a moment. Look very carefully again at verse 15. Let's go back to that. Judges, look at this. And he found a new jawbone of an ass and put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men therewith. Now, we're talking about the providence of God. We're talking about how in the providence of God, he has promised to always to meet our need. Now, in this spot, 
Samson didn't need a drink of water. He didn't need a pot of gold. He didn't need a bridge over a river. In this situation that he was in, he needed a weapon. He needed something to defend himself with. And so in the heat of the moment, he breaks the ropes. And according to the word of God, he turns and there, laying on the ground, is the jawbone of an ass. So while a thousand of Philistines now approaching him, he tur- and right where he was, are you with me? Right where he was, he reached down. He picked the jawbone up, the word of God says, and he, began, he killed a thousand of his enemies. Now, I want you to look very carefully here at the providence of God, how God's working. I, I, this, this event, this happening with Samson being overrun with a thousand Philistines, that didn't take God by surprise. This wasn't a biblical event to where God said, uh-oh, look at there, man. He's in a big heap of trouble. That's not how it went. This event that Samson was in was not a surprise to God. God saw way before Samson was brought up to this place that he was going to need a weapon of some sort. God knew that he was going to be in trouble. God knew that he was going to have to fight. So in the providence of God, listen to this. God decided way before this event took place that an animal would have to die. Now we're talking about the providence of God, how God has promised to meet our needs. So God picked the spot where Samson would be. Not over there. Not over there, not over that hill, not over that mountain. He wouldn't have to run. He wouldn't have to crawl. God picked the spot where Samson would be standing to have a jawbone of an ass laying right there. So listen, so when, when, when that donkey, listen, God didn't just say, let there be, like he said, let there be light. God didn't say, let there be a jawbone of an ass. That's not what God did. Listen, but in the providence of God, because he knew what Samson was going through, he knew what he was going to go through. This is what God did in his providence. He said, okay, Samson's going to be standing right here at this spot. So he began to beckon. He called. Whatever, how he got it, he allowed a donkey to come. Whatever the circumstances were, he allowed that donkey to die right there. But it gets much richer than that. God then, he allowed all of the wild animals to come and to clean off the flesh from that carcass. Then God said, okay, I want all the buzzards to come. And I want you, the buzzards, I want you to come and eat now all that's left on that jawbone. Then God allowed, he called all the ants to come. And all those ants came and they began to clean that bone completely dry. And then God stepped back and he said, okay, is all the wild animals finished? All the buzzards finished? All the ants finished? Everybody finished here? Now look at this. When everybody was through with the donkey, 
the donkey had its finest hour. This is important. This is going somewhere. Let me say right here that when it looks like that everybody has had their way with you, when it looks like that everybody's gutted you and devoured you and trampled over you, when it looks like everybody's done with you, if you're walking in the center of God's will, the providence of God will have its finest hour with your life. Yeah, amen. The providence of God, listen now, had brought the donkey to the spot to lay down and die in the exact place that Samson would have to put his hand on it. And let me share with you three simple things this morning about the providence of God. Number one is this. God is aware of what we need before we know we need it. In Matthew chapter 6, verse number 8, the word says, Be ye not therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. So keep this in mind. God doesn't wake up in the morning because he never sleeps. He never slumbers. He never gets tired and weary. God will never bump into the fact that there are necessities that we have in life. He understands that. He understands that there are things that we're praying for that we absolutely need, and there are times when we need God's divine intervention, and he also knows there are times in our life when there are simply things that we want. We have to know the difference. And he's aware of things today that you and I will be in need of for the rest of our lives. Nothing will ever turn the corner on God, and he says, uh-oh, look at there. He will always be aware of everything we need. Where you're standing today, God knows what you need right now. He knows what you need within your reach. God knows what you need tonight. He knows what you will need tomorrow. Listen, this is a great comfort that God knows what's going on in our life before we know what's going on in our life. He sees today and he sees tomorrow. He doesn't need, listen now, he doesn't stumble across the events of our lives. And by the way, let me say this. We don't need fortune tellers. We don't need horoscopes. Because what we're dealing with is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the one who sees it all. That's what we're dealing with. Number two this morning, listen carefully. The second thing about God's providence is that not only does he see our need, but number two, he has promised to supply our need. If all God was simply aware of our need, we would still be in trouble. You say, what do you mean, preacher? If all God was just simply aware of our need, well, look at there, uh-oh, he's in trouble. If it was just simply an awareness of God, listen carefully, he would, he would stand back if, all, if it was only about his awareness. Look at that. What a shame. Look at that. Brother Tony, what a shame. 
But you see, it goes a whole lot farther than God just simply being aware of it. He does something about it. It's not just about God being aware of my need, but God's integrity depends on meeting that need. God said this, and it's a promise in the Word. In Philippians chapter 4, verse number 19, the Apostle Paul speaks with great confidence, but my God shall supply. Look, not a few of them, some of them, most of them, but my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Not some of them, but all of them. Listen, God doesn't do anything halfway. God has never teased us with his omnipotence. The greatest need that we have ever had is the need for a Savior, the almighty Son of God coming down here. Listen to what the Word says in 1 John 4.10. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation of our sins. The greatest need that any of us have ever had was a redeeming Savior. Somebody say amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, and the third point, the last one, and I close with this. The providence of God's love, listen carefully. Not only is the fact that he is aware of our need and that he supplies all of our need, but listen, God goes far beyond, far beyond our need. In Ephesians 3.20, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Listen, it's like salvation. Think with me just for a moment. Are you saved? Have you been born again? Have you been washed in the blood? Is your name written down in the Lamb's book of life? Are you sealed into the day of redemption? Listen, I want you to think about salvation just for a moment. Because when I got saved and when you got saved... Because the word of God says he is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask. Listen, there was a day that I realized I was lost and I had to ask him to come into my heart and to become my personal savior. And if you ever realized that you were lost, there was a day and a time when you had to bow down on your knees, you had to call upon the Lord and you asked him to come into your heart and to be your personal savior. But here's the thing that I want you to understand. When I got saved and when you got saved, listen, I not only got a savior, I want you to understand he's able to do abundantly above all that we ask. When I asked him to come into my heart, I not only got a savior, I got a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I got an advocate with the father. I got a healer. I got a forgiver. I got a sympathizer. I got a restorer. I got a chain breaker. I got a way maker. I got a burden bearer. I got a comfort. I got a God. I got power to be a witness. I got a garden angel. I'm telling you when I got saved, I got a whole lot more than salvation. <laughs> Glory to God. Ooh. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I got the keys to the kingdom. I got jasper walls, a street of gold, the gate of pearl. I got a river of life. I got a mansion on the other side of glory. I got exceedingly and above all that I asked for. God's providence is timely and generous. Now let me say, you might have a tremendous need today. 
something that's put you in dire straits. Your back is up against the wall. And you, you know that it's, that it's a big difference between something you want and something you need. I'm talking about you, you, maybe you're in a place today where you're saying, God, if, if you don't come through with this, if you, don't, if you don't show up, if you don't do it, I'm going down for the last time. Let me assure you of something. If you're obeying the Lord, if you're walking in his will, then lay your head upon the pillow of this promise today. Your greatest need this morning, it might be salvation. Maybe you've never followed the Lord in believer's baptism. Maybe you need a church home. Maybe you need peace. Maybe you need God's intervention. But listen carefully. Here's the thing that I want you to remember about his providence. The same God who controls the sun, the moon, and the stars. The same God who takes care of the sparrows even as they fall to the ground, is the same God that's meeting your need today and my need. Think about how much more that he cares for you and me. He cares about the smallest, the smallest details of our life. God knows what's going to take place in my life, in your life, he not only knows the struggle, but he knows what it's going to take. If I surrender to his obedience, what he's commanded me to do, if I surrender to his will, God knows what it's going to take to get me through the struggle. He not only knows about the struggle, but he knows what it's going to take to get me through the struggle. Somebody said to me the other day, they said, preacher, I don't know how you do all you do. I will tell you today, friend, it's because of the providence of God. Jeremiah 29, 11, our musicians come forward. The prophet said, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an unexpected end. Listen carefully. God is constantly providing for our future, which he and only he alone can see. We all have needs and we all have wants. And when we know the difference and we put it in perspective, It comes down to this, God's promise and our faith. Surrender in obedience to his will. I promise you, friend, listen, if God ever reneged on a promise, it would disqualify him in his holiness because he cannot lie. And he's promised to meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So don't get mad at God when he doesn't give you every single thing you want. He didn't promise that. 
but as he promised to meet the need. Maybe it's through a little flower. Maybe it's through a little oil. Maybe it's symbolically through a jawbone of an ass. I don't know, but listen. He promised. And you know what I do sometimes whenever I get to that place of desperation? Not that I have to back God up in a corner and remind him of things I feel that I need. But sometimes in my low moments, I will say, God, in your word, that you have promised to settle in heaven forever. And your word that you have said will not return void. And in the declaration of your word that says that every word has been spoken under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God, in the pureness and the honesty of my heart, I do not declare this as a want, just simply a desire. But God, this is something that I need. You know my spirit is broken. You know my heart is heavy. You know that I am burdened and heavy laden, but God, you said, come unto me. And that's where I am. So, Lord, I pray in the need of this moment, not for human gratification, not for human pleasure. God, out of this broken need that I have, you have, you have promised in your word. And I don't know how. I don't know where. And I don't know when. But God, I'm going to do what you said. I'm going to cast my burden upon you. Because I know you care for me. And as hard as it is at times, I have to get up. And I have to say, I have rested this at your feet. You know God more than I know. You see more than I can see. But it's humanly impossible for me to navigate an ounce of this. God, it's in your hands. And then I have to be refreshed and my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.